you're listening to Her Hacks Podcast, a podcast created by women in cybersecurity for everyone. I'm Deanna. And I'm Connie. In today's episode, we're going to be interviewing our other co-hosts, Christine, Rebecca, and Lauren, about their experiences with interns and any advice they have for Deanna and I, as well as you, our listeners. Okay, so if you've been following along so far and know a little bit about her hacks history, you'd know that the way this podcast started is through a panel event Connie and I hosted at our university a year and a half ago. We had Rebecca, Christine, and Lauren, as well as a few other incredible women on the panel, and they were answering some of our questions about recruitment, networking, career stuff related to cybersecurity. And we're going to recreate that panel style conversation that we had to catalyze this conversation about how do you get your first full-time job out of an internship or generally get some advice about how to have a successful and worthwhile internship. Yay! Thanks for having us. We're so excited for you to host this episode and this interview of us. And I think we're going to give you some advice also on how to make that intern to full-time conversion. Is that right? Yes. Let's get into it. This is really exciting. These are the questions Connie and I have been wanting to ask you like the past several months. So it's I'm really excited to finally dig in. So I guess our first question we had is we kind of wanted to contextualize your advice by having you guys explain a little bit about your internship experiences you might have had, or any part-time jobs you had leading up to your full-time careers. If you could give like a little rundown of if you had any internship experience, like what were they? Lauren, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I can jump in. Long time listener, long time caller, kicking it off. (laughs) Thank you for laughing. That was a terrible joke. So my internship experience, it was a while ago, more than five years. I won't say how long because I don't want to necessarily date myself. But I feel like when I was in college, internships were important, but they weren't as prevalent as they are today. When I was listening to your first internship episode, I was like, wow, the process has really evolved a lot since when I did it. And I think the biggest difference was that there wasn't an emphasis or as much of an emphasis on having an internship every summer. So I actually really only had two internships throughout college. The first was not cyber or tech related. It was painting houses. And I was running like my own house painting company. And I only mention that because that experience taught me a lot of my soft skills and my communication skills because I had to go out and learn how to market myself and I had to learn to go door to door. And a lot of that translated over to being working professional, but it wasn't necessarily relevant for cyber or a technology job. The next internship I had was between my junior and my senior year. I interned a lot. As I've mentioned in other episodes, my background or my college degree isn't in computer science or computer engineering. It was in civil engineering. So I made a conscious decision to start looking into tech jobs for that internship and really focused my applications either on software consulting or software engineering roles. I ended up getting a few offers. I accepted one offer. I interned for 10 weeks over the summer. And at the end of the summer, I ended up accepting my my full-time role and I really liked it. I got to do a lot of different things. And then I stayed at that company for a few years full-time after I interned. 
Nice. That's awesome that you got that very different experience early on in the painting. Like you had the entrepreneurial spirit. I feel like those soft skills probably definitely carried over. Yeah, especially I'm an introvert by nature. So putting myself out there and really being responsible for my individual success, that taught me a lot and really forced me to grow. Whereas when I was interning on a tech team, I was doing more of a software role and I was working within a team and I had much more support and I was within an internship program. It was with a pretty big company. So there were other interns, there was intern mentors, there was all of that stuff. And we can talk about it more through the panel, but they were very different in terms of like the skills that I took out of it and just the support in general that I had. Great. Thanks for sharing, Lauren. What about Christine? I had a pretty similar internship experience to both of you where I went back to the same place two summers in a row. I think something that I've always thought I should have done differently was find a cybersecurity internship, actually, (laughs) because going to college, I knew I wanted to do cybersecurity, but I could not find a cybersecurity internship. Now, being in the industry, I'm like, oh, it's so easy to know (laughs) where those jobs are. So I don't know why I had so much trouble finding one. I guess I just didn't have anybody guiding me or maybe a mentor in the industry. So it was actually like really a struggle. I did have two pretty awesome software engineering internships where I learned some development and I was able to learn command line and work with engineers that knew a lot more than me. So looking back, I think they were good experiences. It's just that it wasn't that interesting to me. And that's actually why I ended up not returning to that company as a full-time employee because I realized that wasn't the kind of work that I actually wanted to do. So sometimes if you have an internship and you don't like it, that's actually good because then you do still take something away from it. Something that I did my first internship was I spent all summer writing this code and I was inserting this code into this entire project. And so I basically was copying and pasting my code into a bunch of different files. And then at the very end of the summer, when I showed my code to this full-time employee, he took all of my code and he moved it into a class. And he basically moved it into one line of code that needed to be in all of those files instead of my like, however many lines my code was. And so that was a really good experience for me to learn about how classes and layers of abstraction work, because I did the hard part and the repetitive part. And then I learned how it could be abstracted away and made a lot more optimized. Whereas if you just jump into optimization without doing the unoptimized version, I think you might miss those layers of abstraction. So if you're an intern, I don't think you should worry about that your code's not the best code ever, because they know that you're there to learn. So even though I felt sad seeing him turn my like two months of work into (laughs) like one line of code in a class, I definitely realized that I would eventually become a better programmer because of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Humbling experience. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yeah. Super humbling. (laughs) (laughs) But you learned a lot. That's what matters. I did. Yeah. So did you have like a similar experience to Lauren where it wasn't the internship process wasn't as in-depth as it is now? Yeah. So I remember I was trying to apply to a bunch of places. It was my sophomore year going into my junior year. And I actually was studying abroad that spring. So I hadn't had an internship after my freshman year. 
because I had done summer classes and I wasn't thinking about internships because I was studying abroad, as you both know. (laughs) Um, And then I realized in April or May, it was pretty late. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm coming back from, I was in South Korea at the time. I'm coming back from Korea and I think I need to get a summer internship. So I was applying all of these places. Nobody was applying to me. I was a little bit freaking out. And then I ended up getting a call from this company that I'd had a scholarship from because in my state, they were giving scholarships to everybody in that county or every every county in my state was getting scholarships from this company. And so the manager was actually Korean. He was a Korean immigrant to the United States. And he saw that I had the scholarship and And that I was in South Korea. So I had to wake up at like 3am to do my interview because it's like a 14 hour time difference. Uh, So it was definitely not typical, I think, because it was super lucky that somebody was willing to give me a chance that late in the season, because usually hiring happens much earlier. But I think they suddenly had a spot open up. So they needed to fill it. And I got pretty lucky with that. But then it was mostly especially that early in your career, the phone interviews aren't very technical. It was all behavioral. He was just asking me like what I was doing in Korea. If I liked my classes, I talked about how I was volunteering at an orphanage with little babies and how I really liked it. So yeah, it was like a really chill interview. That was a good thing because I really didn't know anything. Like I was only a sophomore. Yeah, I didn't even know the command line. I don't think I think you guys are much much further than I was when I was in college. But my internship definitely jump-started me because I was like, oh my gosh, I've only used Windows. I have to learn what LS is. (laughs) Yeah, that's great to hear. From what I've witnessed, a lot of people understand the internship application process is like the same and everyone just applies the same companies and gets the same positions. But I think it's really interesting, a lot more common than people think to get opportunities that are a little more regular like yours. I know a lot of people who have those kinds of experiences and it's great to hear like all the different ways you can get connected to get an internship. I think that's really important to understand. If we have any high school listeners, I actually did have an internship in high school, which I know is not super common. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's impressive. I interned at AstraZeneca (laughs) and it was because I won it from the science fair. (laughs) Wait, same. Wait, I I had a science fair internship too. (laughs) It's so funny. Yes. It had nothing to do with what I wanted to do. Like it was an en- engineering internship, but I learned how to make flow diagrams for biotechnical processes and they bought me sneakers so that I could walk like steel toe sneakers. <laughs> it was required for this one warehouse with a bunch of centrifuges and stuff. So yeah, it was fun to have a first job and it was a really interesting experience. And I learned a lot about how I was bad at biology and chemistry and didn't want to do that as my real job. (laughs) Wait, that's so funny because I also in high school, I had like a bio and then like a physics research internship, like two different summers from science fair. But those two, similarly to what we were talking about earlier, having internships to realize what you don't like. Like I discovered then that I don't want to go into academia or like pure science research because I was still considering that as a field at the time. That's really funny. I think that those experiences are really random when you speak about them in hindsight, but I I think that we definitely got something out of it early on. I don't know what, but probably something. Wow. Rebecca, I'm curious. Did you have high school internships? Like what is your story? Because I feel internships were less intense, but maybe I just wasn't plugged into internship opportunities at the time. 
No, I, I didn't have any high school internships. What about college? Yeah. So in college, I did the same internship twice. And I interned at a data center for a local private cloud company that kind of specialized in offering enterprise level backup and recovery solutions for their customers. So think like disaster and recovery. That was like their specialties. They had two different DR sites. And my job mostly entailed crimping and running cables, replacing dead drives, troubleshooting failed backups, wiring patch panels. And I did some updating of virtual machine templates. So I kind of learned some command line there with Windows and Linux. And I even got some sales experience because I had to visit a site with my, I guess like the internship lead or whatever. I had to go over our backup solution suite to a prospective company and they actually did end up buying with us. So that was some good experience. I think it was kind of scary overall. That sounds so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's, it was unique. Mm-hmm. internship experience. And it gave me enough cyber experience to get my foot in the door for my first like actual cybersecurity job in like a sock. So yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like we have a lot of different experiences on the panel today. So I guess thinking back, you were in your shoes, however many years ago, as an intern, what did you do to really like make an impact as an intern or make a good impression? I fell asleep on my first day of work. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, was this painting houses? No, no. no. Uh, It was a tech internship. So I didn't know it, but I had really, really bad bronchitis. And so I was just hopped up on cough medicine, just trying to get in because it's my first or I think like the third day in the internship of my first day with my team and I'm just trying to be presentable and I'm in a nice dress, I'm in heels, trying to like keep myself together. And then immediately we go into a one o'clock hour, two hour long retro about the team. And it was just like lights out. And I didn't even know I had fallen asleep. I did one of the things where my eyes are closing and my head bops up. And I think I caught on to the end. And I did eventually say something to my manager, like, I'm really sorry I've been feeling under the weather, but I thought nobody knew. And then on my last <laughs> my last day of the internship, my team comes up and they say something like, who knew the girl who fell asleep at the desk on the first day of the job would be leaving with a return offer? No way. <laughs> it was like, oh, yikes. That's so, so, funny. so funny. That's my advice. is they're always watching don't fall asleep try to stay awake bad first impression doesn't mean you can't get a full time off (laughs) also if you make mistakes like if you fall asleep in a meeting or you're late to work or you do something silly as an intern most of the time as an intern it's your first job second job I think owning up to those mistakes and addressing them head on is actually a piece of really good advice because it shows that you're One, you acknowledge that you made a mistake and two, that you're willing to grow and move forward from that. And so I think it helped that I went up to my manager giving an excuse because I shouldn't have fallen asleep, but just explaining where I was coming from and saying, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. I think that helped me set us off on the right foot. I agree because at one of my full-time jobs, there is an intern in my department who would literally sleep in the library every other day. (laughs) And I never said anything. I didn't want to rat him out, you know, but somebody who I was friends with in another department, when we went to go get coffee, because this kid would literally sleep in the atrium, which is where the coffee shop was, we would be sitting there having coffee. And he would say, isn't that your intern? And it was 
incredibly embarrassing. Even though he wasn't my personal intern, he was in my department. So it's good that you said something because everyone in my department, one of their takeaways was that this kid just like didn't care. <laughs> and so he did not get a return offer. Well, did he did he have like a medical condition? Not to my knowledge. I guess I can't assume that he disclosed it to anybody. And if he did, I wouldn't know about it. But if you're suffering from a medical condition, like Lauren said, you should disclose to your manager or to HR if you need a special accommodation or something. Because mm-hmm. let's say for the sake of argument, he was narcoleptic. They could have set him up with a sleep room or something so that he wasn't literally sleeping in the middle of the cafe every single day and, you know, found a way to make it more comfortable and more private for him. I think that you have to try and utilize the resources available to you because you do want to make a good impression. Some jobs have nap rooms, maybe Google or Facebook or another big tech company. I've heard they have nap rooms. So maybe like napping in a nap room is appropriate. In this particular instance, this intern was a referral from somebody's university that they were an alumni of. So I think if there was something going on, maybe they would have vouched for them more. But when they didn't get the Mm -hmm. return offer, it was like, oh, I see why. Yeah, I think culture is is a big part of a company too. So I was going to ask what Rebecca was like as an intern. Oh, what was I like as an intern? I would always show up early and I would always stay late. And if I wasn't like actively working on a task they assigned me, I was trying to create my own tasks that interested me. Wow. Wow. Very proactive. Well, I tried to be really proactive. I tried to make the most of the time because I think I only worked six hour days, but they also paid me part-time to be there. So there was like a person who was in charge of internship projects or whatever. I would work with him on some of the projects that I was doing, but I was, I was definitely always trying to be proactive and do something and work on my own, uh, own projects. That's really great to hear and motivating. I feel like there's a huge or not a huge stereotype, but there's like a stereotype out there of interns who don't really do much. And I think that's good to hear is that you don't like no one has to foot into the stereotype. If you want to be a super proactive intern, come in early, make your own tasks. You should like, by all means, go for it. And it works out. It, it looks like it works out. So <laughs> to move the conversation along, our next question for you guys is, do you have any interns on your project right now? Have you had interns on your project? What about them? And what about what they did? Did you like, did you didn't like other than that napping story? How have they contributed to the effort of your project and and your team's goals? And how did they make an impact? And do you guys have any like general do's or don'ts for interns? Rebecca, what did you like and dislike about Connie as an intern? (laughs) 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 Putting me on blast. Technically, Connie wasn't my intern. So Connie and I didn't actually work on a project together. But I was like tasked as quote unquote babysitting her to make sure that she culturally fit, like felt connected. She was actually my mentor. I was more of a mentor. Yeah, because I think, I don't know why, but it was because of our mutual coworker. I think you were like the youngest person. (laughs) I was probably, I'm the youngest person in my department probably. So (laughs) that might've been why. I love interns. I love having interns. I love working with interns. I say that I've only really worked with like two. One specifically was last summer as my project this year couldn't afford an intern, which is kind of sad. But I think one of my favorite things about interns is just if they're more senior in their curriculum, they can be fun. But even if not, I had an intern who just had this amazing work ethic. 
She was such a go-getter. Anytime we were presented with a challenge, she like would Google stuff. She's like, how are we going to solve this problem? And then she would use me as like a point of assistance when she felt stuck. Yeah. And she would talk to me about the methodology of what she was working on. I really felt even with her limited technical knowledge, she just had such a potential and capacity to grow. I don't know. It just like blew my mind working with her, honestly. I don't care what you know. I care if you want to know it. I want you to have that hunger to learn and I can use you. I've worked with people who have more experience, who are my colleagues, who I have enjoyed working with less than that intern. So, I mean, really, it's just having a good attitude goes so far. Yes, I 100% agree with you, Rebecca. I think the energy, the attitude, and just some to break it into her hacks, if you will, I feel like for me, it boils down to asking questions, trying to be helpful, and taking initiative to problem solve and research on your own, and then asking for help when you need it, those skills are some of the best things you can bring to an internship because ultimately, as an intern, interns are there to learn. So when they come in with that energy and also not being afraid to offer new ideas, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like sometimes, especially when you've been at a company for a while, your team can get, and me as an individual, like I can get very stuck in specific ways. I don't like to change. So if an intern comes in and respectfully challenges that, or even just asks really simple questions of like, oh, why are you doing it this way? Why didn't you do it that way? Or have you ever thought about doing this? Sometimes asking those really simple questions that might seem obvious are things that I've missed because I've just been in it for too long. Yeah. It's like a breath of fresh air sometimes. I also had an intern who painted me or like drew me, hand drew a picture of me. Uh, and that was that really like special. Borderline creepy. It was about, she gave like portraits to everybody because she was an artist on the side. So she sketched. It wasn't just like, hi, I'm admiring you. Here's my, here's a picture. Uh, <laughs> that would be creepy. But it was really special because she tied in things. It was like, as she was leaving, she gave us a little gift and she just tied in things that we had talked about all summer. And it made me feel really special because... I like to mentor people. I like to provide that encouragement. And it's really exciting for me to get my hands on early in somebody's career and give that guidance if they're looking for it. So it made me feel good at the end of the summer too, because I could tell that she really listened to what I had to say. And that our conversations were meaningful. And I wasn't just saying stuff that it went out there and then was never heard again. I'm taking notes. I'm going to, I'm going to plan to do this, make portraits of everyone on my day. They'll love me if I do it. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, gifts are not required. <laughs> gifts are not required. Yeah. Don't think that's a standard. It was just something that was very meaningful yeah. for me. I mean, even if it had been like a short little thank you note at the end of the summer, of, here's what I enjoyed. You know, so that's that's oh, typically that's nice. what I've gotten. And as an intern, like if you just write a thank you note to the people you've worked with, and what you've taken away that as a person who works with interns, it means everything. It's so nice to hear that. I have never thought about that before. And now I know that. Thank you. That's a good piece of advice. Plus one to that. I love handwritten. Oh, thank you. Well, not handwritten. Mine was email. (laughs) Handwritten sounds really nice. (laughs) That's also great because I'm not artistic. So I don't know if I could pull off making a portrait. You just sent an email. (laughs) (laughs) I got a a thank you note one time. It was handwritten and it was just like really sweet. That is sweet. Talking about internships, what was your experience like progressing from being an intern into a full-time career? Did you stay with the internship you last had? How did you decide to do something different? 
Rebecca, we could start with you. Yeah, so I stayed with the same internship twice. I don't know why I stuck with it. I should have been applying, I think, to more just to give myself more opportunity. But I stuck with it because I liked the team. I was doing really good work, got really good feedback for it. At the time, it was still pretty interesting because it was very hands-on and I would be like walking around the data center all the time and stuff. So there was like some fun to it and I had a lot of camaraderie. I worked with a lot of younger people as well, which can make a huge difference. So the transition was pretty obvious, actually. Everyone wanted to hire me on full-time as soon as I finished school. They, they told me about it. They said, look, we think you're doing great work. We would love to hire you on full-time. We understand that your degree is within cybersecurity. So we can, we're going to create a role for you here to get you started with that and everything. So that was my experience. That's awesome. Christine, would you like to share? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I really wanted to do cybersecurity and the company I was at had different divisions at the time and the division I was in wasn't the cyber division. And from what I understood, my return offer wasn't for the cyber division because that cyber division didn't even really like know who I was at all. Um, So it'd almost be like applying for a different job. So I decided to just apply to a bunch of different companies specifically looking for cybersecurity because I wanted, I knew I wanted to do cybersecurity and I knew after doing two internships, not in cybersecurity. And then I did a senior project in cyber that I was dead set on finding a job in cyber. I did have a return offer and it was a little hard to turn it down because I felt like I'd gotten to know them over many years, but they knew I wanted to do cybersecurity. So I think they also understood. So it sounds like you both created your own cyber pathway. Yeah, I ended up forging my own path, so to speak, by going to DEF CON the summer before my senior year of college, because I was, you know, grasping at straws trying to find some foothold into the cyber industry. And I had no idea how to get there. And I thought, oh, I can go to this conference where a lot of companies are going to be and see if they're hiring. And I mean, here's a tip for people who go to career fairs. The vendor hall at DEF CON is not at all like WESIS or Grace Hopper. <laughs> they're not really looking to give jobs out. They're looking to sell their product to industry people. No, totally. So there is a really small career fair there. It didn't pan out at all for me. And I have another funny story I can tell another time. Anyway, I did make some connections when I was at DEF CON, which was really awesome because I passed my resume to a company and then they ended up bringing me on for an interview. So that was super cool for me because I was actually able to find a cyber job and I got it through DEF CON. Yeah, and just just to add on to that for my like cyber journey. I do feel like I did kind of forge it myself and I didn't use any connections or networking whatsoever to do it, which is not something I would recommend. That's just what happened. They did create this cyber position for me, but my first week of working there, I got called for a recruiter for like a large technology company that was looking for like SOC analysts. And then I was like, Hey, I'm just going to interview for this because, you know, got to keep hustling, (laughs) got to keep interviewing with different companies just to see what, what else is out there. Even though of course I did the same internship twice, could have done that earlier, but it ended up passing the interview for like the SOC analyst job. So it was like a complete random cold call from a recruiter. And then I, that's really how I broke into working an SOC, which is a security operations center. I don't think I mentioned that doing like analysis and stuff like that. So that was my mm-hmm. first official, official cybersecurity role. And it paid a lot more yeah. than what the company 
hired me on to do, which is a pretty big deciding factor for why I switched. So that was your second job or? Technically, yeah. And I, I, actually, I actually only worked full time with that company that I interned with oh. for like two months. That progression makes sense. And I really like how you guys are emphasizing kind of making your own, paving your own path and your own progression because it really unveils that there is no regular path or progression. And that sometimes like doing your own different thing can be also really great. Lauren, what about you? What was your like kind of intern to full-time progression? What did that look like? I feel like I did the exact opposite of Christine and Rebecca. (laughs) And I say that because I had a lot of different internships, not really focused in tech. I say a lot. I had the, the painting internship and then I had the tech internship. It was much more of a traditional large company. I think the intern class was anywhere between 200 and 300 interns. So the company really had an infrastructure in place for converting interns and trying to give them a full-time offer. And that's one thing before I kind of finish my story, I feel like maybe we should touch on a little bit is a lot of these big companies, when they bring in really large intern classes, a lot of times the purpose of that is to turn those interns into full-time because that's actually a less expensive way for them to get the engineers that they need because they've invested in you in 10 weeks of your internship or however long your internship is. And then if they give you an offer, they don't have to go back through the recruiting process. They don't have to go back through the interviewing process a lot of the time. So a lot of these big companies are looking to turn interns into full-time hires. So there there's normally a system in place for that. And part of what that looked like for me in my internship was meeting with my manager regularly throughout the process and doing these one-on-one check-ins and always checking in and saying, hey, manager, how can I be better? How can I push myself? And I'm a very driven person. So that's just naturally where I fell into. And I had a weirdness in my internship where my manager was laid off halfway through the summer. So it was very weird. They were doing some restructuring and it wasn't necessarily like a resources issue. It was just more of reorging and trimming the fat and like making the company seem more appealing to investors. So I actually got to take on some different roles. I was doing software, but I was also leading our grooming sessions, which was wild. I was talking to our users to figure out what we needed. So I was doing a lot of different things. And I think that really helped when it came to conversion And then at the end of the summer, what it actually looked like was sitting down with my initial recruiter and HR, and they say, congratulations, you have an offer. Let's walk you through what an offer looks like. You have until October 1st to decide. And what it came down to in the end was I didn't want to go interview anywhere else. I was really, really nervous about interviewing for another technical role because I didn't have a lot of experience with technical interviews. And also career fairs gave me a lot of anxiety because I'm not great at talking to people who I don't know and I wasn't very comfortable putting myself and my skills out there. And I really did enjoy working for that company. So for me, it felt like a no-brainer because it was like, okay, skip the career fair, have a competitive offer, you know the company, you know the culture, you know the platform. Just go ahead and take it and you'll be happy. And plus, like half of my friends came back. So that's who I ended up living with when I accepted my full time. So it was just like a nice little bow to tie the whole package up. So 
That's funny that you mentioned that because I don't know about Connie, but I'm in a very similar position. Like the company I'm at, I'm really like happy with and I am not fully confident in my technical interviewing skills. I haven't interviewed for two plus years. Would you have done it differently or because I'm I'm very tempted um, to just take my offer and just like chill out my last year of college. You know, I can't say if I would have accepted another offer, but I wish that I had pushed myself a little bit more and made myself at least go to a career fair. I never went to a career fair as undergrad. I did everything online because I was just too scared to talk to people. I did not have the strong social skills to go up and introduce myself to strangers. Like that was a panic inducing idea for me. And I wish I had pushed myself a little bit more because I am capable of doing it. I just didn't want to get over that. And I think the practice of going through technical interviews with different companies would have been really helpful for me just to one, familiarize myself with the process, but to just see more examples of what technical interviewing looks like, see example problems. And then also it might've been a confidence boost. And then at the end of the day, it wouldn't have mattered because let's say I had interviewed with five other really big companies and I didn't get an offer. I still had an offer in my back pocket that I could fall back on. So I wasn't really failing if I wasn't getting these interviews because I still had a really great opportunity, but I would have had a better idea of where I fell in the field of applicants. And it would have just been helpful for me to know, do I need to push myself in different areas? Do I need to focus on a specific part of my education? I enjoy knowing things like that. And I really enjoy pushing myself. That might not be for everybody, but I do kind of wish that I had pushed myself. But at the same time, I also got to enjoy fourth year and I got to enjoy rush and football games. And I didn't have to study for any interviews. So that was the trade-off and it was fun, but long-term, maybe not the best for my growth. And that's okay. It's funny that you bring up career fairs because I definitely was going to say that that's probably my number one piece of advice for getting a full-time offer. I would force myself to go to the career fairs on campus every single year, even though I knew that the people there were more interested in giving full-time offers than internships. But it was useful for me to use those career fairs to practice talking to people. And my most pivotal moment, I think, was going to the Grace Hopper celebration because I got a scholarship to go. And I know a lot of schools sponsor the women in the computer science or computer engineering departments to go. And that career fair is really geared towards hiring interns or hiring like recent grads. And so going to that career fair, I got so much practice talking with companies. I got to do so many interviews with so many companies that were actually hiring. Whereas like if you're just applying online, you're kind of yelling into a void where they may never see your resume at the companies that you're applying to because a lot of those online systems get so bogged down with resumes, at least at a career fair, you have higher likelihood of getting seen. And then I actually had a little bit of validation coming back from Grace Hopper because the company that I had talked to at DEF CON, who passed my resume to their manager and set up an interview for me, saw my resume in the Grace Hopper database. So even if you can't go to Grace Hopper, 
you can try to put your resume in the Grace Hopper database. And they saw that I was looking for a cyber job. And so that same company reached out to me again and said they wanted to interview me. And I was like, oh, I already have an interview scheduled. And so that was really validating for me that I was a good candidate and it gave me more confidence going into my interview. So yeah, That's I definitely awesome. recommend Grace Hopper or Wesis. Wesis is probably slightly better if you want a cyber job just because that is women in cybersecurity. So it's geared towards cybersecurity jobs, whereas Grace Hopper is all of women in computing. So it's mm-hmm. a much larger conference mm-hmm. and you have to find the companies that are interested in cyber because a lot of jobs might be wanting to hire you as a software engineer or something. And if you don't want to do that, then it's harder for you as a candidate to filter companies. Yeah, I will say yeah. too, because I know Grace Hopper can be kind of expensive. Some companies will send their interns to Grace Hopper and Grace Hopper doesn't happen during the summer. It happens generally in the fall. So that's like a really good perk that if you're at a company, generally like a larger company, look into that and see if that's something you can take advantage of. I know my former company used to send interns in the hopes that it would recruit them or convert them into full-time hires, or even sometimes they would offer it to interns before they interned, just as an additional perk and as a way to support women in computing. So there's a lot of ways to get into Grace Hopper. And I actually also have a few friends who've written it into their full-time offers that they would have sponsorship to go to Grace Hopper for at least the next two or three years. Because if if you don't have a company sending you, it can get kind of expensive between the concert and the hotel rooms and everything like that. Um, And sometimes those aren't even contingent on you taking a full-time offer. They're just trying to get more women in college out to the convention and get them interested and get them jobs in tech, which I think is a really cool thing not many people know about. Oh, yeah. Or they may want you to recruit for them, um, which I don't know how I feel about that because I'm like, oh, if you don't work for them for full time, (laughs) then like you shouldn't have to recruit for them because you might want to be looking at other companies during the conference. But other options are student scholarships. Like I have never paid for myself to go to a conference. I applied for the Black Hat Student Scholarship. I applied for the Grace Hopper Student Scholarship when I was a student. So I definitely recommend just applying to things because you never know you might get it and then you get this amazing opportunity to attend or your school might pay for it. Like the Black Hat Student Scholarship only covers the past but not the travel. So I actually asked the innovation center at my school that I worked in, I was like, hey, you know, I got this scholarship, but I can't afford to go to Las Vegas because it's literally so expensive. Like, can you help me? And I stayed off strip. I definitely did a budget version of the Vegas experience, I guess, but that's all I didn't care about that. Like I cared about the conference. Just a her hack tip, bring an empty bag to take all the swag home with you. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> All right. So going back a little bit, I asked Lauren earlier for if you were to like kind of go back, do you have any regrets? Like what would you do differently in finding kind of your first time, your first full-time job or whether or not you transitioned from intern to full-time or found like a brand new job full-time? Would you guys have done everything differently? Do you have any like regrets, Christine, Rebecca? Yeah, I would say my regrets, just follow everything Christine said, follow her advice. Because I think having multiple internships, going to career fairs and asking for them, that would be, if I could go back, that's what I would do differently. I think just having 
a better idea of what else was out there would have really broadened my own potential and what I could have done and maybe how far I could have gotten early on. So definitely encourage our listeners to do is, is just like Christine said, go to those career fairs and, and get that experience talking to people and apply, just apply for things because it's crazy. You might get it. Yeah. I, I wish I did a, I think I said this before. I wish I did a cyber internship. I had no idea what I was doing. That is something that I wish I did. I'm so happy with where I am now in my career, but I think that if I had gotten an earlier start, I would have just enjoyed it. I truly enjoy this field and that's why I'm in it. So looking back, I probably would have enjoyed my internships even more if they were in the topic area that I was interested in. Thank you guys for giving your insight and some advice. Just to wrap up, Dion and I are currently in our last few weeks as interns. Is there anything we can do at this point or any last minute advice you recommend so that we can really take advantage of a full-time offer being from the same company or exploring other options? Just as a, your last her hack. Internships are a sell. You're an investment that the company is making. So an internship might not always be the same as what it is full-time. So I think just networking, talking to people, talking to people at different stages in their career, maybe who've been at the company for a year or two, people who converted full-time. And then don't be afraid to put time on leadership's calendar. Just say, hey, I'm an intern. I would love to learn more about what you do. It takes courage, but that's a really good way to make a good impression and a good way to learn if you see yourself at that company and if it's going to point you in the right direction for the career that you want. Yeah, I agree. You should do, they call them informational interviews and you should just talk to other full-time employees at the company who are maybe in roles that you could be interested in and get to know about what their job is. Like at my internship, I did a bunch of informational interviews because as an intern, I didn't have a whole lot of work. So I tried to fill my time with getting to know what other jobs were out there in the company specifically because I was interested in cybersecurity. So I was trying to find what cyber jobs were available. So definitely use your time to try and get to know other employees and what it's like being full-time. I also would say, bring your main character energy. You want to be noticed. You want to work hard. And if you have to do like a presentation or some type of write-up, try to impress them because if you want a full-time offer, you should be doing your best work and be kind of proud of what you did that summer. Even if it wasn't something you were totally interested in, you still want to be proud of it. I like the main character energy (laughs) comment. I like that. Rebecca, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, God. I don't know. I feel like I said enough. I guess I have to say something really profound. You know, <laughs> Connie, Diana, this is a very stressful time in your lives. You're about to, you know, start your careers. Just remember that there are many different ways to achieve a goal. Uh, Lauren, Christine, and I have all taken different paths that all wound up in cybersecurity. As we interview even more people, we learned that we've all taken, you know, these different unique journeys. I think the key from what I can tell from everything we've said today is just put in the work, try not to worry about the process too much. And we only regret what we didn't do or something like that. 
I thought we were going to talk about bad interns. I thought we were talking about bad interns too. <laughs> we can. I was excited <laughs> for that. <laughs> we can talk about bad interns. Yeah, I feel like I have to come up with something. So, guys, you have any <laughs> shitty interns? <laughs> no, at the job that I had this sleeping guy, this wasn't the sleeping guy. There's this other guy who, always a guy, obviously. <laughs> he just wasn't doing anything. And you might think as an intern, people don't care about you or don't notice you. But if they've assigned you tasks, they do notice if you don't do them. Mm -hmm. And this one guy was always just wandering around the building doing God knows what. And yeah, so basically upper management noticed and they actually tasked one of my best friends who was in the interns department. And they said, we need you to just (gasps) Like every day oh, find this kid and record what he's doing because he's like literally like in the office <laughs> this kid because he wasn't doing anything it was oh insane because they needed to you know have a record of it so going back to having like a presentation or final paper so he was supposed to give a presentation which I think he skipped and they wanted him to write a final paper of his results and so this kid wrote it as a LaTeX document Oh my gosh. Mm. Why? Which is like, Mm. I think it's because when he sent it, nobody could open it because it was corrupt. Of course. So, oh my gosh. I worked worked at an academic institution. So like we knew- So LaTeX is used. I understood. I understand that. Yeah. Right. Like we knew how to open LaTeX files and they were like, oh, this is corrupt. Can you resend it or export to PDF? And (sighs) he kept resending it and it was like, quote corrupt and then my friend Kenny like reverse engineered it to try and get it open and it had like nothing in it this (laughs) this kid literally just did nothing his whole internship and then it's like when you write an email to your professor because your paper's late and you're like sorry I forgot to attach it the first time even though you actually didn't forget for real or people would send like corrupt files to the teacher and be like oh sorry even though it was not actually like that's what this kid was trying to do and it was very obvious and so he did not get a return offer (laughs) wait can I ask a dumb question yes what is the LaTeX is that L-A-T-E-X? No, yeah. Is that the yeah, same? Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. you guys call it LaTeX. I call it LaTeX, and that's how oh, all no. of my friends have called it. That's okay. Uh, and that is good to know, uh-huh. because that's just how I, 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 like, I just look at it and be like, oh, that's how you pronounce it? That's how I heard it pronounced and was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, thank you. That was an educational Oh yeah, it's, for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, pr- it's pronounced LaTeX. It's, it's pronounced LaTeX. Yeah. yeah, I've heard like fierce arguments between people about whether or not it's LaTeX or LaTeX. I have never heard anybody say LaTeX before. <laughs> but this is a great way of wrapping up. Listeners, we'll have a survey out on Twitter or Discord mm. about whether or not you guys pronounce it LaTeX or LaTeX. Um, and yeah, that's a great way of wrapping things up, Christine. Don't do what that intern did. Don't, don't wander sleep. around. Don't sleep. People will notice. Um, <laughs> people will notice. It's so common though. I've had that many interns do it before. But it's crazy because Dion and I have never, we've never faced this because we're behind a screen oh, yeah. during COVID. Like, it's like we could wander around and no one would know. No one could follow us. That's true. Well, the way to flip and turn that around is like the hack is if you're going to be away from your computer, away from your desk, from your desk for an extended period of time, let your manager know and say, hey, I have a doctor's appointment or hey, I have an intern meeting that I have to go to so I won't be responsive for the rest of the afternoon. That's the professional way to handle that situation. (laughs) I love it. 
I love, I love it. I love the last nugget <laughs> of advice. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Join our Discord by going to herhackspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode drop and leave us a five-star review. Oh, we're recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's eating? Sorry. Is <laughs> 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 it good?